0: Okay, we're going to go into the Word of God right now, and so I'm going to read for us from the Bible, and then Pastor Peter will come to preach the Word. So would you turn with me to 1 Corinthians, chapter 10, verse 31. That's 1 Corinthians, chapter 10, verse 31. Okay, if you have it, it, um... I'm just going to read it for us. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. You want to read that one more time because it's a single verse today. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Amen. This is the word of God. All right. Oh, that's loud. Hello, everyone. It's good to see you all. Um, can we just tenth to the next us and say it's good to see you? All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. We did that before, but I think we can never say hi enough. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Peter, and I've been given the joy and privilege of preaching the Word of God to you guys today. We'll be jumping around here and there in the Bible today, so uh, please keep your Bibles open. But if not, they should be on the screen. Let's see if that's working. Oh, I went that way. Oh, wrong way. There we go. Uh, And so, yeah, you can see the screen. Today I'm going to close off the uh, sermon series that we've been going through called Blueprints. Uh, And yeah, we'll be jumping into something else next week. And so look forward to that. Let's pray. Uh, Why don't we pray and ask God for help and then we'll jump into the sermon. Father, we need your help. We need you to know you. We need you to want you. And we need you to help us in our daily journey of faith. Lord, as we speak about church and the marks of a godly church, my prayer is that you would fill us with a desire to be a church like this, and that you would give us the discipline and motivation to continue to fight to become a church like this. We know we lack in so many areas, and so we ask and ask again, Lord, help us. Father, as I speak today, I pray that you would help me to be clear, and Lord, I pray that you would help us all to be eager as we listen, and I pray that you would bring conviction to many hearts today. For your glory, listen. In, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Um, so recently I, I watched a, a documentary called Free Solo. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it. Uh, if you haven't seen it, it's about, about this guy named Alex Honnold, who is a full-time rock climber, and he's like, what, I think the world's best at what's called free soloing. Free soloing is climbing mountains without any like ropes or harnesses, very dangerous stuff. And the documentary is this incredible story of this guy preparing himself and eventually attempting to climb um, El Capitan, which is this uh, big mountain in California that stretches more than 2,000 meters high. It's really fun. You guys should check it out. Uh, and he, he attempts to be the first man ever to climb this mountain without a rope. And so throughout the movie, you get a glimpse of his life. And that's the kind of fun part, I think. You see that everything he does, where he lives, uh, what he does, what he eats, how he spends his time with people, what he does in his free time. And you see that everything that he does, it's, it's surrounded around this main purpose uh, of and his goal for his life, which is to climb this rock. Everything that he does. He lives out of a van. Um, he only eats certain foods. Um, his relationships are really quite dysfunctional. He spends his free time like studying the mountain and like prepare like just like vision, picturing the, the moves and stuff like that. And he just lives a very different life and that's what he does full time. And if you can't, if you watch it as you watch it, you it's like it's actually a really weird way to live life. You're like, oh, this guy lives a really weird life. But it all makes sense to him, at least, because there is a greater purpose behind it all. The purpose actually makes what he does quite incredible to watch and quite beautiful to watch. You know, I met a newcomer who visited our church a month ago. And they told me that they had never, ever been to church before. Like, they had never even seen a video of church. Uh, They had never even, like, heard about church. So it was their first time ever walking into a church service. And then I thought to myself, how weird would, like, all of this look to that person? Like, we grew up and it's, it's, like, natural to us. But how weird would, would all of this look to that person? Like, a bunch of people stand normally and sing in unison. Weird. We close our eyes and we talk to God weird right we sit and listen to one person talk for like 20 30 minutes weird right and then we sing again i, I actually talked to a the person they're like you guys sing a lot right We sing again and then we close our eyes again it's so weird if you think about it and yet we do it every single week why well because for us there is a greater purpose behind it all right and what is that greater purpose well that's the question for today the last four weeks we've been looking at the blueprints of church, the marks of what a church should do and what a church should look like. And we said that the church should gather. That here on Sundays, but throughout our lives, to hold fast together and provoke each other in this journey of faith. We said that the church should grow, right? That we need to be transformed in our mentality and let it affect our activity. We said that the church should give. This is not a show. We're not here to watch a show. We're here to be involved, sit together, and serve together. And we said that the church should go. Whatever good news that we have, we should go out and spread it to those around us. But we do not do these things just for the sake of them. Because if we just did these things for the sake of them, it would get really weird really quick. There's a greater purpose behind it all, and that is we do it for the glory of God. that's what today's blueprint is. We gather, we grow, we give, and we go, not just for the sake of it, but all for the glory of God. That is the greater purpose of church. That is the big why of everything that we do here. If you ever wonder, why do you guys do this? It's like, usually the answer is this, for the glory of God. This is what makes church, church. And that this is what should motivate everything that we do here to give God glory. Today's passage, 1 Corinthians 10.31, the root verse for today. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Brothers and sisters, the, the main purpose of our church here is not to look after the newcomers. As important as that is. If you're a newcomer here today, I'm sorry, you're not the most important thing here today. The main purpose of our church is not to have a really fun, exciting, well-run service. If you're serving today, we we, we appreciate you, we thank you, but you're not the most important thing here today. The primary purpose of church is not even to make, keep people happy. As great and awesome as that is, you're not the most important thing here today. The primary purpose and calling of the Christian and therefore the church is to glorify our God, make much of God, magnify and exalt God. That's why we sing. That's why we pray. That's why we open up His Word to find direction for our lives. And that's why, hopefully, we center everything that we do here to please, to honor, to exalt, to celebrate, to praise, to remember, to revere, and to make much of God. Because that is our chief call in life as Christians, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And we'll flesh this out a little bit together later on. But before we do that, I just want us to reflect for one second. How is your attitude towards church today? Are you seeking to glorify God in the way that you do church today? Is that why you're here right now? I want to glorify God. Is that the thought that's going through your mind as you enter the church and as you sit through a church service? Over the last three to four months that our church has been like running, has glorifying God been the motivating factor for you week in, week out? Have you been running, serving, worshipping, attending church in order that God might receive glory in your hearts and in our church. And I guess my message for today is this. It, it should be. It should be. That is our call as a church. And so let's, let's flesh that out together. I have two points in light of this. Why should we glorify? And how should we glorify? The reason and the application. Let's start with the reason. Why should we glorify? And I have two reasons. And the first is this. Because God is Glorious. God is glorious. Psalm 86, verse 8 to 10, it says this, There is none like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. All the nations you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. For you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. When the Bible says that we are to glorify God, it does not mean that we, need, we, are, we are to come and decorate God. We're not here to decorate God. We're not here to make God seem better than He is and look more attractive to other people, especially the newcomers. No, to come and to glorify God is to simply come and recognize and enjoy Him for who He is. Appreciate Him for who He is. He is amazing God. He is creator of heaven and earth, sovereign King of the universe, Father God. We are simply acknowledging truth when we come to church to glorify God. And when we come and remember these things about God, enjoy these attributes of God, find rest and peace in the power of God, and celebrate the goodness and faithfulness of God, we are magnifying Him in our hearts, and therefore we are bringing glory to His name. It's like this. Why do people line up at, um, like, famous food places? Why, are they, why is there, like, lines at, like, the best burger places? Well, because people know how good it is, right? It's They want to get in. They want to smell the glorious fragrance of the food. They want to experience the excitement of ordering their favorite menu and, and eagerly wait for their, for their burger to come out. And when it does, savor every single bite, enjoy every single bite, and walk out satisfied and happy, right? No one has to tell you to enjoy that burger. You don't do anything to enjoy that burger. The burger is enjoyable already. And and that, for me, is what church should be like. But often I feel like we are at church. It's like you need to enjoy God. Come on, enjoy God. Come on, God is it? And it's like we're like trying to. I, I, when we drive past like restaurants and it says like the best burger in town, I'm always like hmm. Like if you have to say you're the best burger in town, it's like, probably not the best, right? If we know God for who He is, how great He is, how awesome He is, how beautiful He is, then magnifying Him, enjoying Him, and celebrating Him, and worshipping Him is just a natural response because He's that great. God doesn't need decorating. God doesn't need our fake worship. He is who He is. And so for those of us who have been granted the gift of faith to to believe in Jesus, the miracle of faith, to feel something in our hearts when we think about God, we should bring glory to Him because He is glorious. He is worthy. And for those of us who are yet to know God, uh, living a life of glorifying God makes no sense to you. It's weird to you, right? It's because you don't know God. I mean, that's okay. Okay. That's okay if this looks weird to you. If this feels weird to you, it's because you don't know God for who he is. But I urge you, try getting to know him and see what changes in your heart. You know, one of the funniest passages in the Bible, for for me at least, is found in Job. After this guy, Job, he goes through some like struggles in life. And it's like real struggles in life. Um, He questions God. For like a second, he's like, he questions God. You know, he's like, questions God's goodness, questions God's power, and questions God's, you know, faithfulness or whatever. And this is how God responds. I love this. This is what God says to Job Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me, if you have understanding, who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? Who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together? Or who shut in the sea with doors when it burst out from the womb? When I made clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band and prescribed limits for it and set bars and doors. Have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place? Have you comprehended the expanse of the earth? Declare if you know all this. God just like smashes Job here. It's like funny to God. It's like when a little kid comes and says, let's unwrestle. It's like funny to God that Job would question him. He's like, who are you? Who do you think you are? Do you know who who you're talking to? God's not being mean here. He's simply reminding Job, I'm God. I am God. Hey, just calm down. I'm God. Know who I am, and you'll know your place before me. Why should we glorify God? Because he is God. God. He is glorious and He is worthy. And that's why the heavens are singing, Revelations 4.11, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they existed and were created. Amen. The second reason why should we glorify God? Because He is good. God is really, really good. Psalm 1611, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is pres- a fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You know, it's no secret that everybody wants to be happy, right? That's, that's why we do what we do. That's, why, that's, why, that's what drives us to do certain things and seek certain things. We want to be happy. And if you're a non-Christian here today, if you are a non-believer sitting here today, perhaps that's why you're here. Because you believe that there may be a greater joy and happiness found in faith. And you know what? There is. And that's why God calls us to live a life of glorifying Him. Because it is in the life of knowing God, walking with God, experiencing the, pa- the peace and the power of God, of being a child of God, holding on to the promises of God, where there is fullness of joy. As the psalmist says in this verse, there is fullness of joy, pleasures forevermore. In your presence. I'm sure you know we live in a world filled with unreliable and disappointing idols. Money will not fulfill. People will fail us. We will fail ourselves. And in such a broken world, God, by inviting us, calling us, commanding us to live a life sold out for Him, fixated on Him, running to Him, He brings us into a life of joy as He invites us into a life of living for the One Reliable One, the One Perfect and the One Glorious One, in whose presence there is fullness of joy. Here's what John Piper says. Not only is there no conflict between your happiness and God's glory, but His glory shines in your happiness, when your happiness is in Him. And since God is the source of greatest happiness, And since he is the greatest treasure in the world, and since his glory is the most satisfying gift he could possibly give us, therefore it is the kindest, most loving thing he could possibly do to reveal himself and magnify himself and vindicate himself for our everlasting enjoyment. God is the one being for whom self-exaltation is the most loving act because he is exalting for us what alone can satisfy us fully and forever. He is not an egomaniac. He is an infinitely glorious, all-satisfying God, offering us everlasting and supreme joy in Himself. Isn't that beautiful? We, we often think of church and faith as this, like, chore of a lifestyle. We need to do this and not do that and sacrifice this and stop that and live this boring and dry life, and that's what God is calling us into. But no, scattered throughout the Bible is, is, is evidence that God means to bring us into a good life. He's a good, good father and he's trying to bring us into a good life. Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. John ten ten, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. That's why God calls us to him, to live for him, to live a life of glorifying him. Because a good and joy-filled life, he knows, is found in that life. So why does God call us to glorify Him? Not because He's cocky, but because He loves us. And we know He is committed to our joy. And we know that He is in love, committed to you and I, because of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. He loves us so much, and He so desires to bring us into into His presence, where there is fullness of joy and fullness of life, that, he, that because we were unable to go to him in our sins, he came to us. He made his way to us by sending Jesus Christ, his son, to us to lead us, to show us the way and ultimately die on the cross to pay for our sins and rise again, defeating death. Opening up the way for us to enter into the kingdom of heaven for all eternity and experience the fullness of life and the fullness of joy that only he can give, that his presence can give. Friends, living a life of glory to God is not a chore. We've made it a chore, sometimes in our hearts, because we forget who God is, and how good He is, but it is not a chore. It is an an immense privilege that we have been granted by the grace and the goodness of God and the love of God shown to us through Jesus Christ. And if you're a non-believer here today, I just want to be real with you. I don't know if anyone's told you this, but there is legitimate joy and peace in being a Christian and living for the glory of God. Like instant joy and peace that comes with letting go of being my own God and living for my own glory and trusting in the Father God for my life. It's like there's peace in that. There's like a genuine joy in that. There's a deep relief to know that this world and all that we see in it, this is like what we see in it is not the end. And it is not the best. But there is more to come. And there is better to come in God's kingdom. There is like genuine joy and peace in that. And to know that in the tough times of life, we are not alone. But God is with us, and he is fighting for us. It's not always perfect, Christians will tell you, but it is never without hope, because we know that our joy will be completed one day in heaven because of Jesus Christ, because God and his goodness is so committed to his people. We don't know everything. We just know that God is glorious, and this glorious God has been good to us in Jesus Christ. And so we live to glorify him, magnify him, celebrate him. That's Christianity. And if this is something that you, as you listen to this, would like to be a part of, you can, right here, right now. Simply come before God in prayer today. Confess that you are weak and that you are a bad God for yourself. And ask Him to show you who He is and invite Jesus to come be the Lord of your life. And I pray that you would do so today. And I pray that you would join us as we experience the joy and peace that this good God offers. For the Christians in the room, this is our reality, if you've forgotten. Our God is glorious. Your God is glorious. And this glorious God has been so, so good to us, so, so good to you in Jesus Christ, yeah? So let us remember the gospel again. And I think that's what church is. Just coming to remember the gospel again, remember our salvation in the gospel, and with that heart, week in, week out, magnifying Him, celebrating Him, enjoying Him together as a community. When we sing, when we pray, when we fellowship, doing it all for the glory of God because He's been so good to us. And again, that's what the church is meant to look like. Why should we glorify God? Because God is glorious. Man, like, like the Bible, you see like stories of people that see Jesus and they just fall on their face. They can't control it. Like the, in the Old Testament, the, the people, the priest, the, the high priest who went into the temple, the Holy of Holies, had to like blindfold themselves and put a bell around their waist because he's so glorious. You just can't be in his presence. If we understood who God was... And how glorious he was. We wouldn't ask, why do we need to glorify him? And because he's so good. He's so good to us. And again, I think we often forget the gospel. But if we really remember like our place in the gospel and what that really, really means, our response wouldn't be any anything but adoration and exaltation and thanksgiving. So let's talk about some applications before we close. How should we glorify? And I have three real quick point, points for us. And the first is this, uh, investigate. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, And without faith it is impossible to please Him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. It's like this verse says, a matter of faith. Living for God is, and pleasing Him is impossible without faith. And if you are a non-Christian here, that's all I'm asking you to do. Investigate this faith. Investigate what I've been saying. Investigate what we say as Christians. Read the Bible. Talk to people here. But more importantly, try talking to God. Pray. Faith is a gift that God gives, the Bible says. So reach out and ask for this gift. Earnestly ask for this gift so that you might see the glorious God for who He is and be led to live a life inside of His grace in the goodness of this God. I encourage you, if you're curious about any of this, investigate. And maybe you have been investigating for a long time. And I know some of us here have been investigating and searching and, and asking for a long, long time. Keep investigating. Keep searching. Keep longing. Keep trying. Keep praying. The Lord is gracious and kind. And He will meet you where you're at. I have seen... Too many impossible people come to know Jesus Christ. Some of them sitting here to say that God will not meet you. I'm confident if you keep investigating and seeking, he will come meet you where you're at. So investigate. Secondly, this is for the Christians. Resuscitate. You see what I did? Investigate, Resuscitate. One of my favorite passages in Scripture, Psalm 103, verse 1 to 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. If I read that properly, I should be, like, yelling. This is David talking to himself, shaking himself, trying to shake his soul awake, reminding himself, hey, God is good. God is worthy. Bless His name. That's what He's doing here. I'm sure there are many of us sitting here feeling lethargic and and feeling far from God in our hearts. We were once on fire for Him, but like for whatever reason that well has dried up. We need to fight to resuscitate that spirit. Do what David does in this psalm. Shake yourself awake. Whatever it takes, maybe you need to run to the Bible and just kinda of, just kinda of dive into the Word of God. Perhaps you need to just sit and, and listen to some like praise, worship, as James would say, Jesus music. That's what I love to do when I'm feeling low and, and, and far from God. I just sit and listen to praise. Oceans always does it for me. Right? Maybe you need to just meditate and just think. Like, take a break from life and just think for a second, what am I doing? What is this for? Maybe you need someone in your life to tell you, wake up. This is not who you are. Whatever it takes, I want to urge you guys, encourage you guys, resuscitate your spirits awake. Don't just sit there quiet and unexcited about Jesus. I'm I'm unexcited about Jesus these days. I don't know, that should alarm us. Wake it up. Pray, seek, fight to wake up your hearts. A suggestion, a friendly suggestion. Come to church early and sit and pray and ready your hearts. Just recalibrate. Take a breath and think about who God is and what you're about to do in church. Who you're about to approach and, and what's about to happen here. I think that might change the way you enter into the time of praise and how God ministers to you during that time. If you find that your heart is not bringing glory to God and has not been for a long time, church, fights to resuscitate it today. Sometimes our energy here is like solar. <laughs> solar. We're right here to praise God, right? We're solar and then we get out of here and everyone's like, woo, like everyone's happy, right? I know there's energy, I know that we're happy and excited about other things. When we come to church and we're praising the Lord, the energy is so low. That's why sometimes when we pray and I, and we say, I say in Jesus' name, and it's like you barely hear amen, amen, right? I just want to hear like, a, like amen, right? You don't have to do it for me, but like, it's just the energy is so low sometimes. And it just makes me wonder, like, are we excited about God and Jesus? Let's resuscitate our spirits together today. And finally, if you are a Christian and you, and if you truly are thankful and excited about the gospel, then and this is my last point. Please, please join us and, um, and participate. 1 Corinthians 10.31. So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. We didn't really get to talk about the practical uh, component of glorifying God. And that's probably what you wanted to hear. What does it look like to glorify God? But that's because I think really anything done with a heart that loves and is amazed by God brings glory to him. Apart from sin, of course. We can bring glory to God in so many different ways here. The way that we sit, the way that we listen, the way that we pray, the way that we sing, the way that we serve, the way that we greet one another. There's so many ways to, greet, uh, to glorify God. It just starts with the heart and to recognize that I want to do everything for the glory of God. And so as we close the the Blueprint Sermon series, I just want to say one last thing. Kingsway, get on board, right? Participate in this journey as Kingsway strives to be a church to bring God glory. Don't just come as a spectator, just to see what they're doing. Come in and, and join us as we seek to be a church that glorifies God. Whatever it is that you're doing at church, do it passionately for the glory of God, intentionally for the glory of God. Don't just do it for the sake of it. Don't just sit here and be a shell of yourself and leave and, and tick the box for church for that week. Participate. Otherwise, all of this gets really weird really quickly. When we're pouring water on people and, like, eating bread, it just gets weird, right? If it's not for God's glory, it, all of this becomes meaningless really quickly in our hearts. Whether it is you're just simply attending church, that's okay, then Come. Sing when we can sing. Pray. Engage with God in worship with all that you have for the glory of God. If you're serving, do it not for man first, but do it for the glory of God. If you're leading, if you are a member, if you're part of a growth group, or you're doing helping hands, do it all for the glory of God for the pleasure, for the adoration, for the exaltation, the magnification of God, that God might shine in and through it all. Lean in. Lean in. Participate in the call to glorify God in all things, for this is the greater purpose that we have as a church. Amen? Let us be a church that gathers, grows, gives, and goes together all for the glory of God. And that's my prayer for Kingsway, not just today, but, you know, for all the years that we will be doing church together. Why don't we pray together? Let's just spend uh, two minutes um, engaging and doing business with God. Wherever you're at right now, just... Let's ask God for help. If you are an unbeliever or you're just kind of on the fence right now, investigate in your hearts right now. And when I say investigate, I don't mean study books and stuff. Like that's important as well. But like just just really think and, and, and do business with God. Investigate what it is what is it in your heart that makes you want to come to church like this? What is it that you want from God that you that you keep asking for something from Him? What is it that's stopping you from just taking that step to, to say, I'm a believer and I want to live for God? Investigating your hearts right now. If you are a Christian, but you know you've gotten dry, and it's been like that for a long time, maybe for the first time in a long time, I, I urge you to pray earnestly that God might resuscitate your spirit awake. That you might be filled with this excitement and passion in the name of Jesus Christ. And for everyone else who is you know serving and has been a core member of church for a while, pray, Lord, I want to be here to glorify you, that you might participate in this call to glorify God in all things I don't want to just serve I don't want to just come and lead and do all these things and just do it for the sake of it I want to do it for the greater purpose which is to glorify you remind me Lord God and whatever I am doing right now lead me Lord God and help me Lord God to do it for your glory let's make that our prayer together